In this edition of Locked On Capitals, we talk about Sonny Milano and his new position on the top line. Then later in the show, we'll talk about Peter LaViolette as he is back and behind the bench for the Washington Capitals. And where does Connor McMichael fit into this team? We'll talk about all of that and more next on this edition of Locked On Capitals. Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. Yes, this podcast is also available in video form. So head on over to YouTube and check it out. And when you're on YouTube, make sure and hit that subscribe button. And if you like the videos, give it a thumbs up. It really helps grow the channel. My name is Dan Holmey. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at LockedOnCaps. So in this edition of Locked On Capitals, we are joined by Michael Marzacco. Michael, it's been a long time since you've been on the show or since last summer. How are you doing? I'm pretty good. How about you? I'm doing all right. I wish I could say the same thing for the Capitals here, but just let's get it going here. Uh, Sonny Milano on the top line, a bit of a promotion for him. He'll be playing with Ovechkin and Kuznetsov. What are your thoughts on that? I think he deserves that spot. He had a great game on Friday night, and the effort on Friday was a whole lot better than Sunday. Sunday, they just came out flat. I was a big fan of the Sonny Milano signing which was about a month ago, and it definitely came in handy as injuries piled up. Of course, you don't want to see the injuries, but having a guy like Milano, he's a spark plug, and he's exactly what the Capitals needed. And that afro is pretty cool, too. (laughs) Yeah, he's got kind of that whole different look going on out there. Um, So Sonny Milano is one of those guys. It's a name that I've heard around for some time. I know that uh, he got released from uh, that PTO with the Flames. And then last year he was uh, with the Ducks playing with Zegras. Um, So when I did some research on him, uh, you know, I was pleasantly surprised to see his stats. And uh, his first game on the Capitals, I was impressed. Yeah, I think he has a good nose for the puck as he uh, got into a scoring opportunity. So I think just a real pleasant addition to this Capitals team that is facing a myriad of different injuries. Um, So just looking at long-term, do you think that's a good fit for him on the top line? Or do you think that this is just kind of a reward based on performance in the last couple of games? I think it's both a reward and an opportunity. I don't know if Peter Laviolette made the call or Kevin McCarthy, and we'll get to that in a little bit, I'm sure. But, um, yeah, I think after those two goals, he deserves that spot on the top line. And I think his production is only going to go up. 
Yeah, and I mean, I think that, you know, they kind of looked around and they saw what they had in the lineup. We've looking at, we've taken a look at Connor McMichael. We've taken a look at Joe Snively. And it seems that whenever there's an opportunity available, like there's an injury, there's a perfect opportunity for someone like Connor McMichael. You know, he gets a shot in and then he doesn't, must not live up to potential as they've gone out and signed uh, Sonny Milano and Nicholas Abe Kubel. So, Taking a look at Connor McMichael, it's my belief, my contention that he would be best served in Hershey if he's not getting playing time on a regular basis. What are your thoughts on Connor McMichael and where does he fit into this Capitals team? Like one of my writers, uh, CJ Witt wrote, I don't know if you saw the article or not, but McMichael being in the press box is bad for his production, whether he's a prospect or not. I think he's graduated from the prospect level. And I think if he's not going to play with the Capitals, he should be in Hershey to continue his development. Um, You never know what happens if you never play the guy. And right now, it's unhealthy for McMichael, both physically because he's not playing and mentally because you're wondering, you know, when he's going to play. Yeah. And you know, we've seen him inserted into the game, but that is only because of the suspension to Nicholas Abe Kubel. If it wasn't for that, I think that he would still be in the press box. And it's my belief on him that, you know, he would be best served in Hershey and he would be best served uh, playing his native position, which is the center position. I think that if you asked uh, Connor McMichael, would you play, would you be okay playing on a regular basis if you were playing on the fourth line left wing? I'm sure he would say, of course, just give me some playing time on this team. I understand these conversations don't really happen, but if they did, I think that that would be the case. So, you know, you take a look at Connor McMichael, you take a look at someone like Joe Snively. Connor McMichael is a waiver exempt, so they could send him down to Hershey. It makes you wonder at the end of the day, why why did they pass on and why did they not uh, make a move on Axel Janssen Fielbe? And Brett Leeson, you know, just kind of taking a look a little bit back on that since someone like Connor McMichael could have gone down to Hershey and uh, not gone through waivers. Why did they do that? Why did they move on from Axel Janssen, Fielby and Brett Leeson? I think it had to do with not enough room, but at the time, you know, they lost them for nothing and nobody knew that Connor Brown, TJ Oshie, and others would be missing time due to injury. Um, it's It was a tough thing to see those guys go because, you know, they were both drafted by the Capitals. They both worked hard in development camps in years past. And they just seemed, especially Axel Johnson-Fialbi, they seemed to bring that speed and that grit to the lineup. And now they're getting opportunities elsewhere. And I'm sure they're happy elsewhere because if they stayed here, something has to do with uh, the coaching staff not liking the young kids and preferring veterans over the young kids. Yeah, and you know, the thing with Axel Janssen-Fielby is I thought, you know, he would have been a good fit on that fourth line left wing. He's got some good speed to him. He's just a guy 
that never materialized. He was a guy that always was at camps, but you know, he would even get make the the opening roster sometimes, but he would always end up getting cut. Uh, so kind of just, you know, I'm looking at uh, Fialbi as the player, not as necessarily, um, you know, that he was on the Capitals. I'm glad that he finally was able to find an opportunity in the NHL. If it wasn't with the Capitals, I'm glad that he was finally able to find a spot uh, somewhere in the NHL. And in this case, he is playing on the Winnipeg Jets, if memory serves. Um, So, you know, good on him for finding that opportunity. You know, he is that guy that has a lot of wheels, some good speed. You know, it was one of the funny things where we lost him and then we got him back. So in any case, I'm glad that he was able to get his opportunity. All right. So after the break here, we are going to talk about that myriad of injuries on this Capitals team. We'll talk about the latest from Dmitry Orloff. We'll talk about that next. Today's episode of Locked On Capitals is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, and news and analysis. Get all of the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. And guys, even if you're not into betting, you can bet on up upcoming Capitals games, so it makes it that much more exciting. So go to Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Capitals your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. In this episode, we are joined once again by Michael Marzacco of Stars and Sticks and uh, taking a look at this Capitals team. Everyone is kind of talking about their poor performance as of late, but this team is facing a myriad of different injuries Uh, Most notably, the one with Dmitry Orloff, where it seems like he was pegged to come back here soon, but now he was not practicing with the team today. So John Carlson back, but Dmitry Orloff, TJ Oshie, Tom Wilson, Nick Backstrom, Beck Malenstein, Connor Brown, Carl Hagelin. Oh my, that is a whole lot of injuries. So when you take a look at it, that is a collective $40 million in salaries on the shelf. Should we be so hard on this Capitals team and their poor performance? Those are some key pieces to this team. I don't think we should be that hard on them. Let the national pundits be hard on them. But you got to understand, like you said, there are 40 million in injuries right now. In fact, they could even field a team with all those injured players. I think what we're really going to know about this Capitals team is whether they can be good or not when number 43, Tom Wilson, comes back. I think when Wilson comes back, the team could go on a streak or the same problems will happen, but it's all up to that moment. Yeah, and I spoke about this uh, yesterday with Matt Weirich. I think the biggest 
missing piece on this team is Tom Wilson. They don't have that tough guy. They don't have that enforcer that's going to say, you're not going to push around this team. Uh, We noticed that, especially in that game against Ottawa, where they were pushing guys around and, you know, Garnet Hathaway, bless him. He was trying to do everything to fend off all the guys that were coming at him. He was the tough guy in the bar trying to take on the entire bar. And uh, there is no true tough guy. You know, kind of a funny thing is Matt Irwin got into two fights in the last game. Tell me if you saw that coming. Who is that tough guy on this Capitals team, that enforcer, that tough guy that's going to say, you're not pushing this team around? I think right now, like you mentioned earlier in this conversation, is it's Garnet Hathaway. Matt Irwin coming out of nowhere, that really surprised me. Yeah. Yeah, just, you know, I think that, yeah, for one thing, I think that he is a guy, you know, I Matt Irwin plays a big role in this team. He's one of the guys that you can put into the deep freeze, kind of cryogenically freeze him up and thaw him out when ready, and he plays flawlessly. There's not a lot of players like that around the NHL or on the Capitals, for that matter, that can do that. So I think part of it with Matt Irwin is that he was trying to endure himself to this team you know, just kind of show that I'm that tough guy. You've seen a lot of guys trying to play that role. You saw Connor McMichael, who we spoke about in the first segment, who got into that kind of awkward fight. And then Anthony Mantha, who's got this huge frame, but he really is not a fighter intrinsically. You know, he had the jersey pulled over his head and he was kind of trying to fight him off. So that's what I think. The biggest piece missing is Tom Wilson. A lot of the other players that I rattled off there are not going to be back for some time. Nick Backstrom is another big one uh, that we don't know when he's going to come back. It could be later in this season. It could be next season. It could be not at all. Nick Backstrom, let's talk about him a little bit there. What is the significance? And we're really kind of starting to notice the vacuum in his absence as well. You know, we picked up Dylan Strom and um, you have Kuznetsov on the top line. But still, Nick Backstrom serving those great passes to the wingers is definitely noticeable on this team. Not having Nicholas Backstrom is really tough because Backstrom's one of the best playmaking centers in the NHL, if not the best. And because he's kind of in Ovechkin's shadow, the national pundits don't really talk about him enough. But we as fans, we appreciate a guy like Backstrom. He's one of the most unselfish players in the game. I'm glad looking at those post-game videos when they're in the locker room. I'm glad to see Nicholas Backstrom still around the team. Like, I think that's good for Ovechkin's confidence, but we're seeing firsthand how tough it is without him. And I wish him the best, and I hope he can come out of this strong. But looking at the history of the surgery that he had, not many players have came back from it. And I think one of them played like 33 games at the most. I could be wrong, but it's somewhere in the 30s. Yeah, and they've, you know, I think that uh, Dylan Strome has been a good fit. So the Capitals, they went out and they picked up some key pieces. Connor Brown, his he was slated in ostensibly to be that top line right wing to fill in for Tom Wilson. 
And of course he got injured. So it seems like the injury bug is really following this team around. The Capitals did get some good news today. However, is coach Peter Laviolette will be behind the bench as the Caps take on the Panthers. I have to give a bit of a disclaimer. We're recording this before the game uh, tonight against the Panthers. But in any event, uh, Peter Laviolette back in there. Um, I think that to a certain extent, you know, this team kind of missed him on the bench. They did play pretty good in the first game against the Lightning. Talk to me a bit about Peter Laviolette and his coaching this year. Some people are saying that, you know, uh, this is his last year with the Capitals and the fact that Brian McClellan did not give an emphatic answer that he wants him back on this team going forward. I think they're having discussions internally, but you, me, and the beat reporters, we're not going to know that because McClellan's usually hush-hush about these kinds of things. Laviolette is one of those guys that brings discipline to a team. I don't know if you saw the 24-7 HBO when he coached the Flyers, but he can really light up the locker room and light a fire under the team. I know a lot of people on Caps Twitter say that he doesn't like the young guys like Connor McMichael, but I still think Laviolette's the guy to get the job done if, you know, Barry Trotz is never going to come back. But it's scary right now if you're Laviolette because it's that third year and you're kind of in that lame duck season. Yeah, it seems like the Capitals and Peter Laviolette are not in the green banana business. They want a winner today. They don't want that future star on this team. You know, I talked about this in the podcast before that uh, Martin Faravari is the first player in some time to work up through the system and have a consistent role on this team night after night. I guess the last one that comes to mind is Tom Wilson. And then before that, Braden Holtby. What is it about this team? that they are so reluctant to go with younger players. You take a look at different uh, teams around the league and they're stocked with young players. I know it's a bit of a risky move and everything that I've heard, Tarek Elbashir always mentions that there were certain uh, promises made to Alex Ovechkin that he's going to play on a winning team. But why is this team so reluctant to go younger? I think it's because they're afraid to try out the youth. All these other teams in the Metropolitan Division, they don't really have anything to lose because some of them have done quick retools. But teams like the Capitals and the Penguins, the pressure's on them. The pressure's on Crosby. The pressure's on Ovechkin to get the job done before they retire. And I don't know, for some reason, they want to have a retirement home team instead of an infusion of youth. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I guess that's their prerogative to do. I mean, like you talked about the Penguins, uh, both teams that are aging, and you're starting to see some of the cracks on these teams kind of manifest a little bit. But there are exceptions to the rule, however. Take a look at the Boston Bruins, who are a bit of an older team as well. They are still playing lights out. All right, so after the break here, we will talk about the netminding tandem for the Washington Capitals. Yes, the one saving grace of this team so far. We'll talk about that next. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. In this edition, I am joined once again by Michael Marzacco of Stars and Sticks. So one of the greatest inconsistencies last year was the netminding situation. 
Capitals went out and addressed that situation by picking up Darcy Kemper and Charlie Lindgren, but now the rest of the team has been inconsistent. You know, you take a look at Darcy Kemper. He got pulled early from the last game, but, you know, it was primarily just because of for a momentum change. But talk to me a little bit about, you know, the pleasant surprise, I guess, to a certain extent at how well Darcy Kemper and Charlie Lindgren have played thus far. They're way better than Vitek Vanacek and Ilya Samsonov, who have given both of us headaches the last two seasons. Kemper, he hasn't been perfect, but he also has a much more challenging schedule and much more challenging opponents than he did with the Avalanche. And so far, you know, he's treading water and his head's above the water, which is good. And Lindgren, undefeated with the Blues last year, He's been a pleasant surprise and a really good backup. I did not see that signing coming. And when they signed him, I was thinking to myself, you know, this could be an elite tandem. And if the Capitals were fully healthy, we could be talking about them leading the Metropolitan Division or being second at best. Yeah, and you take a you know to your point there. I was familiar with Darcy Kemper, of course. Uh, you know he won the Stanley Cup last year with the Avalanche, and then he has a pretty good history. I remember him playing for the Wild. You know he's been around the league, but you know a pretty good goalie. But last year was his kind of breakout season. Charlie Lindgren, a bit more of an unknown commodity. He had a brief stint with the Blues uh, and then played lights out for the Thunderbirds, their AHL affiliate. But just some good. Good moves by Brian McClellan and company as they had a good nose for that. If that was one statement was that we had enough with this netminding tandem. Some people thought they were going to bring back Sam Sonoff or Vanacek. He said, no, I don't want any part of any of that. Uh, So now the Capitals, like we talked about in the first segment, they have to get healthy and then we can truly assess what this team has in the tank because as of right now when you take a look at all the injuries on this team it's really kind of hard to gauge who they are in the last episode I talked about what is the identity of this team it's hard to know what the identity is when you have all these kind of plug and play players in there what is the identity of this team anyway the identity is the unknown because it's it's a scary time They're not consistent with the winning. And sometimes I have fears that they could miss the playoffs altogether. And it's not largely their fault. It's mostly the injuries or the hockey gods hating them, as they say. But I think that identity is still the unknown, which seems like no answer. But it also seems like that, that should be the name of it. Yeah, I mean, I think that's it too. And, you know, the one thing I don't want to have happen is the Capitals have Ovechkin under contract for four more years. I don't want them to squander these years trying to piecemeal together these these players to try to get a winning team. I don't think it's going to be a tear it down to the studs anytime before Ovechkin retires. But you got to think that if this Capitals team you know, faces another first-round exit or, God forbid, they don't make it to the playoffs at all, you got to expect some changes coming. Would you say that? Yes, 100%. There will definitely be changes if they have another first-round exit or miss the playoffs altogether. I feel like at that point, they would have no choice. I don't think it would be a fire sale, but it would be an intense retool. 
Yeah, and I think that that's pretty much the only thing that you can do because what is the definition of insanity is doing the same thing again and again and again and expecting a different result. All right, Michael, before I let you go here, why don't you tell everyone about Stars and Sticks and where can we find your work? So Stars and Sticks is a Washington Capitals blog over on the Fansided Network. Fansided is a blog network that has you know, sites for every team, sites for popular TV shows and the like. And um, me and my team of writers were always putting out Caps content and we're all over the place. I got one writer in NorCal. I got two from Canada. I got one from New Hampshire and I'm the one from the DC area. You can follow us on Twitter at stars underscore and sticks. And you can follow my personal account at Marswago, where I don't just tweet about the Caps. I tweet about all DC sports, the Caps, the Wizards, the Nats, and the Commanders. And shout out to the Commanders for winning last night. Yeah, so it's always it's great to have you on the show. Just some great insight on the Capitals, and we hope uh, to have you back on the show again soon. Thank you for making Locked On Capitals your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. Catch the biggest stories of the day in sports. Plus, get instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Locked On Sports Today, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. So, once again, thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. My name is Dan Holmey, and I'll talk to you again next time.